Good morning. So, uh, my assignment today is to answer the question, is it still necessary to go? And I think, uh, I think you can tell which direction we're heading with it, what the answer is going to be. Uh, I'll, just, I'll just start out and say the answer is obviously yes. And uh, things are changing. I, th- I heard one commentator say that uh, in, in the first three months of the pandemic, about 10 years of agenda was advanced, and the world's changing, cultures are changing, the way business is done is changing, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And there's pressures, and, and I think Pastor Matt and I and many other pastors, we've had conversations like, how do we fund, what are better ways to send, et cetera, et cetera. We're, we're looking at this, not, not to change methods, but to figure out how to be more fruitful. So we're asking these questions, and you know, the, the current situation, has changed our world. Uh, many fields are closed today. It's hard for people, it's hard for our missionaries to travel in or out of countries. We have uh, missionaries that are stuck here in the States. We have missionaries that are stuck in the field. And so there are many challenges, governments, the, the pandemic, whatever it is, e- economic uncertainties that are putting pressures on missionaries. And so figuring those pieces out and how do we respond to that and how do we continue to send, we're, we're asking these questions. And, and People are asking the question, is it still necessary to send? You know, we have the internet. We have uh, social media. We, we can uh, do Zoom meetings. We can, all these different things. The metaverse, even people now are talking about using uh, as alternative means to uh, get the gospel out. So we, we have to ask this question, and we need to look at this. Is it, is it still necessary to go? And... Um, I'll just start by saying this. I was trained, I took at International Bible College, my introduction to foreign missions was Ruth Bell. So if you've been in Ruth Bell's missions class, there's no way you could say no to that question. I mean, there's absolutely no way. We stood at the side of our desk in that class every day, and we memorized the Great Commission. I mean, not just, not just Matthew's Great Commission, but Mark's Great Commission, and and John's, and Luke's, and the one that's in the book of Acts. Do you know that there's actually five commissions in the scripture? Ruth Bell taught us that. Nola Warren also helped to, to teach that class. But she taught us that, that there, there are five instances in the New Testament of the Great Commission. We're going to read one here in just a second. Matthew 28, 18 through 20. Mark 16, uh, 15 through 18. Luke 24, 46 through 49. John 20, 21 through 23. And Acts Chapter 1, verse 8, right? So this is important stuff. It's, it's, it's in the scripture five times. It's, it's in every gospel. It's, it's in the book of Acts, the commission for the disciples to go to the nations and, and make disciples. We're going to read Matthew's uh, commission here to get, get started. Matthew chapter 18, or 28, verse 18. Jesus came and spoke to them saying, all authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. Go, therefore, and make disciples. And by the way, Ruth Bell, not only did we we learn these, we we learned them in the King James Version. It was important to Ruth Bell. And and I remember Ruth Bell emphasizing how much more powerful the Great Commission was in the King James Version. (laughs) Go ye, she would stand and say in the class. And then she'd read the, the NIV or some other translation. Go, therefore. You see how much more powerful the King James is. We memorized it in the King James Version. All five of these, we had to memorize these commissions for our, our mission class. 
Go, therefore, and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all things that I have commanded you. And lo, I am with you always. And and here it is right here. Even to the end of the age. Amen. Pastor Matt said that the, the methods don't change until the Lord appears. Right. Right here. This commission is to the age. The Lord is with us to help us to fulfill this commission to the end of the age. We must go. Amen. We have to understand that this from the beginning was God's intention. We see the, the Great Commission not only in the New Testament, but all throughout the Old Testament, all throughout Scripture. This was God's plan and God's purpose. We see it in the Dominion Mandate in Genesis chapter 1, verse 28. And by the way, if, if you... Uh, have ever been out to dinner with all of the Bell brothers, you see that they have been faithful to this dominion mandate. All their kids in the restaurant, right? Fruitful, be fruitful and multiply and subdue the earth, right? That, that's from the dominion mandate. And I think the Bells are working on doing that all by themselves. They're gonna, those Bell kids are gonna go and subdue the earth. But this is God's plan from the very beginning. I believe that we see it in, in God calling Abraham, in Genesis chapter 12, verse 1, the Lord says to Abraham, get out of your country, right? Go to the place that I'm going to show you. For, get out of your country from your family and from your father's house to a land that I have shown you. And I'm going to, I'm going to make you a great nation. And I will bless you and make your name great. And you shall be a blessing. And I will bless those who bless you and curse those who curse you. And in you shall all the families, the mishpachah of the earth, be blessed. So Abraham departed as the Lord had spoken to him. God says to Abraham, through you, all the mishpachah, all the families, and that, that word mishpachah in the Hebrew is probably the, the Greek equivalent of that is, is eth, uh, the ethnos of the world. All of the nations, all of the families, all of the ethnos of the world will be blessed through you. And I believe that as we as participants with the Lord in the Great Commission are fulfilling this promise in Genesis chapter 12 that God gave to Abraham. This was God's plan. This was God's intention. As I studied this, I found hundreds of scriptures all throughout the Old, Old Testament. I'll, I'll read just a, a few. Of them. And by the way, this word uh, mishpachah or ethnos, it, it's, it's, it's the same idea when Jesus talks about the signs of the end, he says, nation shall rise against nation. It's ethnos, egyro, epi, ethnos. It's nations rising against nations. What, what's happening in the United States or what has happened over the last couple of years with race wars? You know what that is? Ethnos, egyro, epi, ethnos. It's ethnicity rising against ethnicity. What's the answer for that? Social justice or all these things that we're, we're seeing happening in our culture today? No, the Great Commission is the answer to all these things that are going on in our society. Amen? Let's not get distracted. Let's not get off, set off on some other mission that, that Jesus has not initiated for his church. Let's go and preach the gospel. You convert a heart, you will end racism. You will end bigotry. You will end that hatred when a heart is transformed by the power of the gospel of Jesus Christ. We're not called to protest. We're called to preach. Amen? We must go. That's God's purpose. 
Amen? So in, in Psalm chapter 2, verse 7, he says, I will de- declare the decree the Lord has said to me, Your son, you, you are my son, and today I have begotten you. Ask of me, and I will give you the nations for your inheritance and the ends of the earth for your possession. This is God's promise to the Son of Man, that he will inherit the nations of the earth. Amen? This is God's plan from the beginning of time, and it's all throughout Scripture. Psalm 96, verse 10 Say among the nations, the Lord reigns. The world also is firmly established. It shall not be moved. He shall judge the peoples righteously. Let the heavens rejoice and let the earth be glad. Let the sea roar in all its fullness. Psalm 86 and 9. All nations whom you have made shall come and worship before you, O Lord, and you shall glorify your name. You are great and you do wondrous things. You are alone are God. Revelation 5 and 9, it says, they sang a new song. You are worthy to take the scroll and to open the seals for you were slain and you have redeemed us to God by your blood out of every tribe and tongue and people and nation. This is the purpose of God, that the nations would be brought together under the, the ruler, the rulership and the authority of our Lord Jesus Christ. That's God's eternal plan. Even in, in Pastor Matthew's uh, letter to us, I don't know if you saw that in your, I, I read through the, the packet, I'm kind of a geek like that. I read through, so I, I want to see like, what am I here to receive? What, 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 what should I come in expecting? So I read through that stuff. Well, Pastor Matthew's letter to us, he, he included uh, Habakkuk chapter two, verse 14, for the earth shall be filled with the knowledge of the glory of the Lord as the waters cover the sea. This is God's plan from the foundation of the world, that it would be filled with the knowledge of him, that his kingdom would be established on planet Earth. A statistic in 1970, they would estimate that there were 1.2 billion Christians on planet Earth. In the year 2014, that number sat at 2.6 billion. That's some multiplication. And we... I think all of us maybe in this room would, we're skeptical when we see that like America's a Christian nation or all, there's that many Christians in the world. We realize not everybody who claims to be Christian is Christian. But I think if you look, you can see that the world, that the Lord is working all around the globe and he's bringing in a harvest. We look and I'm going to give you a lot of stats. I won't give you all the, the, the sources. I found all this on Google, so it's got to be true. But some of the fastest growing churches, we, we would be surprised. You think with all of our, you know, our new methods and our internet and our metaverse and all these things that we can now use for the gospel, American church would be the greatest, fastest growing church. The fastest growing church on the planet's in Iran. The population growth is 1.19%. The church growth is 19.6%. Two thirds of the population in Iran is under 30 years of age. Much of the underground church is made up of this younger generation. God's moving in Iran. Afghanistan, population growth is 3.51% annually. Church growth, 16.7%. That's the second fastest growing church on the planet. Even under the persecution, even as the Taliban has been unleashed there, as we we pulled out, uh, our, our military was removed out of Iran, even amongst that, 
The church is rapidly growing. I heard an account, and you may have heard this, the last words of, of someone, a, a church, there was a missionary on the phone with a little church in Afghanistan as, as they were besieged by the Taliban, and the last words that were spoken, we fill your prayers. This is the, the leader of this church in Afghanistan. We fill your prayers, talking to this missionary. We fill your prayers because this supernatural boldness came over us, and we were singing in the Spirit. Even the kids said, Mom, we will not deny Jesus. And these were the last words that were spoken on the phone as they began to hear the screams and the gunshots as that church was slaughtered. One commentator, Giovanni Munoz, said of this, the church in Afghanistan is ready to die for Jesus. Meanwhile, we're still trying to convince the church in America to live for Jesus. God is redeeming the nations. This was his plan. Jeremiah 49 and 37 actually says that God planned to save Iran. Did you know that? For I will cause Elam. Elam is modern day Iran. I will cause Elam to, Elam to, to be dismayed before their enemies and before those who seek their life. I will bring disaster upon them. My fierce anger, says the Lord, and I will send the sword after them until I have consumed them. I will set my throne in Elam and will destroy from there the kings and the princes, says the Lord. But it shall come to pass in the latter days, I will bring back the captives of Elam, the Lord says. Amen. To God be the glory. In Psalm 19, verse 24, it actually talks about uh, Egypt and Assyria and Israel working together under the, the headship of Jesus Christ. In that day, Israel will be one of three with Egypt and Assyria, a blessing in the midst of the land, whom the Lord of hosts shall bless, saying, blessed is Egypt, my people, and Assyria, the work of my hands, and Israel, my inheritance. See, God's purpose was not just Israel. God's purpose was through Israel to bless the nations of the earth. That's what's happening today through the Great Commission. God is reaching the nations of the earth. This is what Romans eleven twenty five 25 talks about when he says, I have blinded Israel so that the fullness of the Gentiles would come. The fullness of the ethnos is literally the word there in Romans eleven twenty five. 25. The fullness of the nations, the ingathering, the harvest of the nations that's being brought in today through the Great Commission that the Lord gave us. In 97% of the countries, Christianity is growing faster than the birth rate. 97% of the countries on planet Earth today, the Christian church is growing faster than the population. The new birth rate is greater than the birth rate. In 97% of the countries on this planet, the bad news is the United States of America is in the 3%. Our population is growing faster than the church in the United States of America. We're in the 3%. You think about it. We're at a danger point. There's a con con contraction of Christianity. There's a an expansion of radical Islam. We're at a deflection point. What's going to happen to the church in the United States of America? There is reason for concern in the United States of America. Listen to this. Only 51% of American pastors have a biblical worldview today. It's what Pastor Matt was talking about earlier. We've got to get back to doing it the Bible way. 
This needs to be the lens. This needs to be the scope through which we view all activity in the church and in life and in culture. This sets the standard. Not social media. Not the trends. Not what's popular, but what God has established for his people. Only 51% of American pastors today have a biblical worldview. A survey of Harvard's freshman class in 2019 showed that 39% of them identified as atheistic or agnostic. Compare that to 34% that identified as either Catholic or Protestant. For the first time in America's history, less than half, 47% of America's population don't uh, belong to, only 47% of, of our population today belong to a local church. One half of American adults, 49%, don't know the way, no, this is sad, don't know whether it's Paul, Peter, John, or Jesus who taught the Sermon on the Mount. 30% of evangelicals agree that Jesus was a great teacher, but don't believe that he was God. These are what the surveys are telling us. 28% of evangelical church attenders are not born again. Only 52% of churchgoers say that when the COVID crisis is over, they will return to primary in-person worship. Should we go? Should we go to church? The answer to that one is also yes. Get to church. Shake off. This is the attack. We need to realize. Somebody needs to say this. This is an attack of the enemy on the church. He's trying to constrict us. Get to church. Get to church. Forsake not the assembling of yourselves. We got duped. Let's admit it. I've heard Pastor Matt say this. Let's admit it. We've been duped. Never again. I've made a commitment. I will never shut the doors of my church ever again. We've got to go forward. The church has to stay open. Listen, if they're trying to shut the church, it is not God that's doing that. That's not the lead of the Holy Spirit. That's not the purpose of the plan of God. That is the enemy trying to silence the voice of God's people. Go forward and go forward with boldness. Amen? So what's the answer in America? What's the answer to this crisis? Is it the mega church? Is it the multi-side church? Is it online church, multimedia, social media, the metaverse? What's our answer? Preach the gospel. We're making a move, a push for us this year in our church is to catechize our kids. I want our kids in our church to know it was Jesus who preached the sermon on the mount. I want them to know the Ten Commandments. I want them to know what the armor of God. I want them to know the gifts of the Spirit and the fruit of the Spirit. I want them memorizing the Scriptures. Amen. I want our kids to memorize the Great Commission. They can do it in any version they want. It doesn't have to be King James. What's, what's the answer? What's the answer? Romans 10. Hey, I'm doing pretty good. I'm going to get, through, I'm going to get from uh, Jerusalem to the ends of earth in 30 minutes. Romans chapter 10, verse... 14, this is the answer. How then shall they call in on him whom they have not believed? How shall they believe in whom whom they've not heard? How shall they hear without a preacher? And how shall they preach unless they are sent? As it is written, how beautiful are the feet of those who preach the gospel of, of peace, who bring glad tidings of good news. The context of that, that word, those who, how beautiful are the feet of those who are sent. I, I take my shoes off. I've got some gnarly feet. 
Ain't nothing beautiful about this preacher's feet. It has nothing to do with our physical bodies. It, it is how right on time is the person who shows up with the message of the gospel. I mean, have you ever had somebody show up in your life at the right moment, the right second, a right on time message? Amen? How many of you know that God's got messengers that he wants to send at the right time? That's what this is talking about. We need to begin like never before to send missionaries to the nations. You know what we need? We need a revival of the student volunteer movement. That's what we need. The answer is, is it's not community organizers, it's not social justice, it's not political action groups, it's not nation building, it's not big governments, it's not welfare programs, it's not social media, it's not multi-site churches and all. Listen, those multi-sites and social, we can use those, they're tools, but they are not the method of declaring, it's not the method that's going to make disciples. We've got to be face to face. Jesus came face to face with humanity. We must go. There is something about human interaction. Hopefully, if there's anything we've learned in that Zoom era of the COVID pandemic shutdown, it's that there are some things that just, they, 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 they don't, right? You, you can't, there's some things you can't communicate, right? I mean, how many of you have ever sent a text message that's been misinterpreted because they couldn't see your face? They couldn't hear the tone in your voice. Why are you angry? I'm not angry. I, I was trying to encourage you. That wasn't an angry text. I was lifting you up, right? We, we've all had those texts. There are certain things that have to be imparted face to face. It's important. God's plan is Acts 20, or, or Matthew 28, 18. God's plan is Acts 1 and 8. That's God's plan. During the, the, the student volunteer movement, I don't know if you know anything about that. Robert Wilder, he, he got this burden in his heart and he said, I, I, I want to see people called to go to the nations to preach the gospel. He, he, he made this little card. He called it a commitment, commitment dedication form. And he got, it began to get college students to sign this and make a commitment to go to the nations. And if not to go to the nations, to go and build businesses, to, to raise money, to send the missionaries to the nations. Many of America's largest corporations were established during this student volunteer movement. Dole and Borden, and we, we can go through all, a lot of different companies that were started as a result of the inspiration of the student volunteer movement. And those businesses were started to fund the gospel. I believe God blessed those businesses because they were funding the gospel. So Robert Wilder goes around and he begins to, to challenge college students to go to the mission field. In 1886, they have the Mount Hermon meeting. And they, what happens is there are 100, they call this the Mount, Mount Hermon 100. 100 students left that meeting having made a commitment to go to the nations. In 1888... The student volunteer movement was officially formed. And by the way, during that, that uh, Mount Hermon 100, John Mott was called to go to the mission field. In 1888, the student volunteer movement was officially formed. Their watchword or their catchphrase was the evangelization of the world in this generation. Between 1888 and 1914, the beginning of World War I, 20,000 
college students were sent to the mission field. When I, when I began to study this and, and, and found out about this movement a couple of years ago, I began to get a burden. We need to pray for this to happen again. Yes. Amen? You know what we need to do? We need to begin to send missionaries. I believe this. One of the, the most ripe mission fields in the United States of America is the university campus. We need to begin to send missionaries to the campuses who will call students to go as missionaries to the field. Amen? We need a commitment to call missionaries to go and to preach the gospel of Jesus Christ. So here's what I want to do. I want to spend my last five minutes praying. Here's what I want to do. If you sense you're not already an active missionary, that God's calling you right now to go to the mission field, I want you to stand. We need to do this. We need to do this more often, pastors, leaders, during conferences, during our church services. Amen? If you feel like God's calling you to go to the mission field, I want you to stand. All right. Second group. If you're a pastor, praise God, a couple standing in the back. If you're a pastor and you'll make a commitment to begin to call, to separate, to equip, to encourage, and send missionaries, I want you to stand. If you're a pastor and a leader who will make a new commitment today to begin to do that. I believe this is urgent. We need to begin to do this. Amen? We need to get a burden for missions like we've never had before. Amen? There are 16,000 people groups on planet Earth. 6,000 of them are still classified unreached. Should we go? Absolutely Yes. Amen. I want to read this psalm and then we're going to pray over these that are standing. Psalm 67, verse 1. God, be merciful to us and bless us. Cause his face to shine upon us that your way may be known on earth, your salvation among the nations. Let the people praise you, O God. Let all the peoples praise you. Oh, let the nations be glad and sing for joy, for you shall judge the people righteously and govern the nations on earth. Let the peoples praise you, O God. Let the peoples praise you. Then the earth shall yield her increase. God, our own God, shall bless us. God shall bless us. And all the ends of the earth shall fear him. That's got to be our prayer. Father, right now, in the name of Jesus, Father, I pray for this couple that stood. Father, I pray that you would ready them, equip them, Provide for them and send them. I pray for the pastors that stood, Lord God. Father, give us a boldness to stand forth and to call those who you are calling. Speak through us. Lord, help us to have eyes to see and identify the ones that you have your hand upon. Help us to be able to separate them, to train them, give them the preparation, Lord God. Father, I pray for the, even the missionaries that are here, Lord God, that we would be able to partner with these missionaries to train these new missionaries. Father, make us sending agents. Father, I pray that you would spark in the United States of America uh, on our college campuses revival. And Lord, I pray that you would start a new student volunteer movement, Lord God, 
that young people would begin to commit their lives for the sake of the gospel of Jesus Christ. They would commit their lives to, to, to give their own agendas aside, to lay their plans and, and, and their desires down, Lord God, and to go forward into the things that you are calling them, Lord God. Father, help us, Lord, to fulfill this commission, that all, the gospel would be preached to the ends of the earth. Father, I thank you for it. I give you praise for it today. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless you.